one of the most famous stories of Hanukkah is the story of Hana and her seven sons. Okay, many of us are familiar with the story, many of us may not be familiar with the story, but I would like to uh, make you aware of this before we light the first Nair of Hanukkah, Be'ez HaShem. And that was as follows. There was a Greek ruler that basically captured her children and tried to force them to bow down to idols to serve Avedi Zorah. And he turned to the oldest son and he said, My, you know, you're the oldest son, we'll start with you. You know, you'll set the example, you'll set the tone and the stage for the rest of the kids. And I'd like you to bow down to the idol. So the son said, listen here. It says, I am your God. The Rabbi Shalom is the only God in the world and therefore I will not bow down to your idol. He was taken out and he was murdered. The second son was brought before the king and the king told him the same thing. I'd like you to bow down to the idol. And the second son refused. What do you mean? The terrorist is not allowed. It's awesome. I'm not doing it. He was killed. Each brother, one by one, was taken in front of the king and he was asked to bow down to idols, seven children, and each one was killed. It came the time for the oldest son. It came the time for the oldest son, the youngest son, I'm sorry. The youngest son was brought into the king. Okay? The Medrash says, listen this, the Medrash says he was two and a half years old. Okay? You got a two and a half year old child. He was born, he just watched, if he understood, all of his older siblings, his older brothers, be murdered because he refused to bow down to an idol. Okay? The king said, little here, my boy, bow down to the idol. The boy, two and a half year old, said, no way, absolutely not. The king answered, listen here, my boy, all your older brothers were all killed. They had already experienced a bit of life. They had seen the simcha. Maybe they allowed themselves to be killed because they already had a bit of life. You haven't experienced any life. Don't give up life. Don't allow yourself to be killed. Just do what I say and I'll let you live. And the boy said, no way, I'm not doing it. The king said, I'm going to throw down a ring. Listen to this. He offered him an idea. So I'm going to throw down a ring. All you need to do is to pick up the ring. Now to pick up the ring, you have to sort of bow down and pick up the ring. And then you, you know, but you'll pretend to be picking up the ring. But really you'll be bowing down to the idol and nobody will see this. And this way no one will know that really you're bowing down to the idol because they'll think you're picking up the ring. And the boy answered, two and a half years old. He said, you're ashamed in front of people. I shall be shamed, culture king, how much more so in front of the Melech, Malach, Amloch, and the Rabbi Nishlanam. The king told his servants to kill the boy. The boy's mother, Hannah, the Gemara tells us, asked to hold her son and kiss him one last time before he died. And then she said, my dear children, tell Avram Avinu that Avram Avinu only tried to make one sacrifice to his son Yitzchak. Me, I just offered seven of my children. The mother climbed onto the roof and she threw herself off the roof and Chazal tell us that a heavenly voice of Baskol came out and said that she's happy and she gets Olam Habo. Why is this the story of Hanukkah? Why is this poured down over here? And the answer is because the Yisoyed of Hanukkah is Mesiris Nefesh. The Yisoyed of Hanukkah is to give up certain things that we have. Now, not always is it easy. Can you imagine if this mother she had to give up her seven sons for the sake of what? Bowing down to an idol? Yeah. 
because it means something to her, then she refused to do it. And that is such an important thing because the menorah represents that. When we light the menorah tonight and we put that candle owed to the wick in order to light the very first candle tonight, that is what we're meant to be thinking. We're going to make the most incredible bracha. We're going to make the most incredible bracha that the Rabbani Shalom does nisim, right? She also learned nisim bisman hazeh. That's what we say bisman hazeh. Why do we say bisman hazeh? That even in these times, the Rabbani Shalom has nisim for every single one of us. But how many of us are willing to sacrifice? How many of us are willing to be moist and nefesh to that which is hard for us? And there are many things that are hard for us in life. We have so many things that are hard in different times of life. And the question is, are we willing to give up for the Rabbani Shalom? Are we will- Hanukkah is a time of serious nefesh. It's a time of giving up. Are we willing to give up? The Rabbani Shalom is willing to shine the greatest light. We all know the famous marshal that they bring that time that there was a yid at the time of the Rizal who said, you know, Rebbe, in the olden days, they knew how to serve Hashem. They knew what it meant, they could learn the whole Torah, the whole Shas, they could fast, they could roll around in the snow. Us, what can we do? What do we have? What do we have in our lives that we can be Mason Nefesh, that we could do for Klal Yisrael? And you know what he said? Listen to what happened, right? It's a famous idea. He said, I'm going to make a competition. Okay? I'm going to make a competition. You and me. Who's going to light the brightest fire? Whoever wins, will get a prize. Whatever it was. Okay? So the guy was all excited. He's like, I'm going to win. There's no question. You know why? I'm going to gather all the people. They're going to gather wood. It's like Lag Boim. Come to Lag Boim in there to stroll. Every kid is dragging wood from here, from there. They're banging a huge bonfire. It's all massive. He said, I'm going to get all the people in the neighborhood to gather me wood. I'm going to take an open area of the courtyard, the main courtyard of the whole chotzer of the whole town. And we're going to build this huge place. And it's going to be unbelievable. This fire is going to be the greatest fire. No one's going to beat me. So for weeks and weeks, he's gathering wood and gathering wood and figuring out how to put it and set it up. And eventually he sets it up. And it's, it's going up four or five stories high. It's huge. And everyone's like, there's no way the other guy is going to win. Not only that, they don't even see the other guy working. Like he's sitting back relaxing. He's learning. He's doing his regular day. Like he's not doing anything to prepare. Come on, how's he going to win? They don't know what's going on. The day of the competition arrives. Okay? So 2 o'clock p.m., everyone gathers in the city center. And he says, okay... Right, one guy against one guy. We'll start with guy number one. Call him Ruven. Ruven is going to light the fire. We'll see if Shimon can beat it afterwards. So Ruven goes along, takes a match, puts it inside. Boom! It goes up. It's huge. This thing, everyone has to take like 60 feet back. It's so hot. It's so huge. It's bright. It's, it's unbelievable. They're like, okay, there's no way Shimon is going to beat this. There's no way he's going to beat this fire. This is the most incredible fire we ever saw in our lives. Shimon says, you know what? No problem. Everybody meet me back here at 12 o'clock at night. Okay, that's weird. Fine, no problem. I'll take 12 o'clock at night. He brings him into the forest. There's nothing, not even, not even the shine of the moon. It's darkness, complete pitch dark. He takes one match and he lights it up. And the place illuminates. And everyone agrees that he won. And he said, in the older generations, they had to do so much. They had to tackle and shafts and roll around in the snow and fast all day. That's what they needed to do to make an impression. Nowadays, we don't need to do that. You just have to light one match. You just have to try. You just have to do. That is the Yisoyed of Hanukkah. That is the Yisoyed of Adlaka Sanemis. That's the Yisoyed of the Menorah. And we look at that candle tonight. And we should, by the way. If the Indian is to look at the candle, These are holy neiris. These are holy, holy flames. And you're watching it. By the way, it's pulled down in the Sforum Ekdoshim. That looking at the flame is mistaken for anything that you may have looked at that wasn't kosher. 
looking at the flame could be misakana. It's so holy. But it shows us that that flame is eternal. What is a flame? A flame is an ashama. Why do we light a flame when somebody dies? And sometimes if someone loses a parent, they light a candle for the whole year. Why does a flame represent an ashama? You look at a flame. A flame never stays still. You ever saw a flame that was totally still? It's almost impossible. It's moving, it's flickering, it's going, it's doing, it's busy. An ashama ba'etzim is the same thing. An ashama is never still. An ashama is always doing an aliyah, it's always trying to go higher and higher and higher. Look at the flame. That's what it represents. Tonight, look at that flame. Look at the flame that's constantly trying to strive to do higher, to do more. You see the flame like trying to go higher and higher, remachadish itself, renew itself. That's us. That's what it should be. Unfortunately, some of us have many layers and layers of all sorts of things that are surrounding that neshama that makes it hard. Hanukkah is the time where the light goes into, it penetrates through the darkness. In the winter, it's dark outside, it's cold outside, many places it's raining, it's the winter time, it's depressing, it's hard, and we take that candle, and you light that one candle, and the didn't, every night it's only one candle, yeah? And the idea is to realize that that light lights up our neshama, it represents our neshama, the mysterious nefesh that we have is something that we have to realize is representation of the menorah. And we should all get a chizuk Hashem from the Gavaldagad Lokas Haneris. Have kavana, think about it, stay by the neighbors, stare at the neighbors, look at the neighbors, dub them by the neighbors. The opportunity you have, the ace rotsa the ace lasses that you have to talk to the Rabbani Shalom at the time of Adlokas Haneris is unbelievable. Dub them to the Rabbani Shalom, use it for yourself, for your mishmacha, for the yeshiva, for Klali Yisrael, dub them for the gaula, dub them for everything that we need. Because the Al-Makam of Adlokas Haneris is a chosh of a place. Haneris alolu kodeshim. They are kodesh, they are holy, they are sanctified. Let's use the opportunity, don't waste it, don't squander it. Don't just light and leave, enjoy it. Soak it in. Think about the mysterious nefesh throughout generations of Klal Yisrael that they have done in order to light the menorah. How many people in the camps in Auschwitz had to mummish scrape together food that they didn't eat because they were starving in order to be able to light the menorah on Hanukkah. We Baruch Hashem don't have this Nisainus. We can just light it, go to Asherah, go to Shavuach, you buy it, you bring it back, you light it. But throughout Klali's soul's history, we've had so much Mesiris Nefesh to light the Menorah. So much Mesiris Nefesh for Yiddishkeit. What's our Mesiris Nefesh? What are we willing to do for the Rabbi Nishalolam? And Be'ezah to the Rabbi Nishalolam will give us all. So you have the Shemaya, and we'll have a Kabbalah to give you all.